0: This is Asked and Answered questions with Tom Opferman and Steelers Digest editor Bob Labriola.
1: It's officially draft month, Labs. so how many mock drafts are you on? Are you on Bob Labriola mock draft 4.0 yet? I mean, how many have you completed? I'm on 6.0 myself.
0: Well, mock drafts and NCAA tournament bracket pools to <laughs> me are the same thing. I have no chance of getting it right, so why bother? <laughs> You're just going to make yourself and, look
1: bad later, right? You're setting yourself up right. for failure.
0: Oh, uh, and there's nothing I don't. One of Steelers fans' um happiest moments, I think, is pointing out to me when I'm wrong. So <laughs> I try and limit my exposure in that area because, really, I mean, who this and this year? You don't even. Who's the first pick?
1: That's right. It could be. A, I think I've seen five different guys in different mock drafts go number
0: one overall. Right. I mean, so. Yeah, this is one of those where um, you're just setting yourself up to fail. And I don't need any real help making myself look stupid. So uh, I'll just pass on it.
1: <laughs> well, you never make yourself look stupid on this here podcast when you answer these questions. like Because the
0: one... they, they can't see me. I make myself sound <laughs> stupid. There's a difference. I'm equally adept. I'm equally adept. Okay, go ahead.
1: And our first one today comes from Jason Godfrey from Honori, South Carolina. In reference to the question about Coach Mike Tomlin having dinner with Malik Willis, do you know if coaches share information on prospects? Is it loose lips sink ships? Or do coaches use the respect for each other and talk about players?
0: <laughs> oh, Jason, I love the naivete. Coaches, uh, rival coaches in the NFL showing respect for one another. That, that's a good one. Sports yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, Uh, The the answer to that is no. The NFL's professional uh, business. um, I mean, McDonald's doesn't call Burger King and say, hey, you want to know what's in the secret sauce? Or, you know, KFC um, letting Popeyes know what's in the uh, 11 herbs and spices. (laughs) Um, So, uh, you know, loose lips sink ships. Let me give you Jason credit for this. That's a World War II reference that Um, You know, that was uh, a a phrase used uh, in the United States because of the activity of the German U-boats sinking ships all over the place. Um, So uh, credit for that, for that uh, historical reference. Uh, But uh, in the NFL, loose loose lips get you fired.
1: Not only do coaches not share information on prospects, they share misinformation on prospects, right? Like they lie all the time.
0: Yeah. Um, you know, or, um, they, they either lie or they mislead, right. You know, um, all that kind of stuff. I mean, so, uh, it's, as I said, it's a highly competitive business. Um, and that's the other thing. I mean, if one coach would tell another one, Hey, you know, I had dinner with Malik Willis and he told me this, I mean, do you think you could even believe it?
1: (laughs) Right. John Vincent from Conneaut, Ohio. It's being reported by the Cleveland media that when Baker Mayfield becomes available, the Steelers will pounce on him. Why would the Steelers be interested in Mayfield?
0: Um, okay, John, uh, you're falling for the old trick of um, believing what you read uh, on the internet, because since it's on the internet, it must be true. Has to be true. Yep. Has to be. Um, and let me just say, um, I don't believe the Steelers are Uh, interested in Baker Mayfield. I don't believe the Steelers will pounce on Baker Mayfield. I believe that this is, uh, that whole storyline is clickbait. And just to be fair to the Cleveland media, it's only one person uh, that covers the Browns who believes this. So I don't want to paint, as Mike Tom would say, paint with a broad brush and make them all um, appear to be misinformed. I think it's just one specific individual.
1: Dennis Sleeger from York, Pennsylvania. I don't think we have a shot at quarterback Malik Willis. I think to get him, we'd have to move up in the draft significantly. So why would Coach Tomlin have supper with him the night before his pro day? Oh, Jesus. <laughs> and the man has to eat. I mean.
0: Yeah, right. I mean, and let's, <laughs> let's, and let's, here's, a, here's a couple of other things. I mean, um, you know, Liberty University, which is where Malik Willis did had his pro day. That's Lynchburg, Virginia. Okay, now I don't know, um, you know what Dennis's idea of a good time is, but I don't know that a week night <laughs> in Lynchburg, Virginia, would qualify, um, you know, for me. Um, so, there, as you mentioned, the guy has to eat. It's Lynchburg, Virginia, uh, on a week night. Um, you know what else you got to do? I mean, and it's not like. You know, they went to the Palms or something where right. um, you know, a steak is 120 bucks. Um, you know, they went somewhere and, and based on reports, um, you know, it was it was a wing place, you know, might have been, I don't know, Buffalo Wild Wings or something. It's not exactly going to break the bank and it's not doesn't go on the salary cap, you know, the <laughs> cost of that. Yeah, right. And, you know, what's what? what else what else is there to do? More than get to know this guy. Um, and what if he is available? you know when it's the Steelers' turn to pick? So you need to, you need to gather as much information as you can. It, and if part of that allows you to get some uh, face time with this guy in a situation other than you know uh, strictly a football one where maybe he's been coached by his agents or representatives or you know coached by coaches what to say, how to handle things. You know, you get to see a guy in in a situation where his guard might be down a little bit uh, and he's acting like himself. And so, you know, all of that is a good, um, all of that is good information. And here's another thing. Um, what if um, the Steelers end up in a game in the near future where Malik Willis is the quarterback for the other team? That's a great point. Maybe, um, Mike Tomlin learned some things about him, some of his fears or doubts or insecurities in this dinner that he might be able to take advantage of as the opposing head coach. So um, I don't think there's ever a situation in, in this process where you can have too much information about a, an individual. And so, um, as you said, why not? The guy has to eat. And as I said, it's Lynchburg, Virginia on a weeknight. I don't know if it was on TV that day but you know what are you going to do sit in the hotel room and watch young sheldon you know (laughs) i I don't know so um yeah mike tomlin's a big picture guy um and uh, i think that as i said this is just part of the process of getting to know players in the league whether they're on your team or a team you might be competing against you
1: big fan of young sheldon labs (laughs) one of your favorite shows
0: huh Um, well, I, you know, as I was, as I was forming that sentence in my head, I'm trying to think, you know, (laughs) what, 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 what show could I come up with quickly? Um, and that's usually at the top of the ratings, isn't it? Usually when you see those Nielsen.
1: Well, yeah. um, And it makes sense that you picked it because they shove the promos down your throat every Sunday when you're watching NFL football. (laughs) Young Sheldon tonight, young Sheldon tonight. (laughs) Chris Ferris from Carmichael, California. Knowing of your disdain for self-described experts and preseason prognostication, please humor me and offer your rationale for why. After what I see to be very positive moves in free agency, the Steelers' odds of winning the Super Bowl dropped significantly.
0: Um, okay, this, this is uh, an example to me of just a basic misunderstanding about, and this is not something that uh, you, that's unique to you, Chris. Um, a lot of people in the media, you know, will point to point spreads mm-hmm. or odds, or, you know, now that gambling uh, sports betting is legal and uh, you know, it has really kind of exploded across the country that, you know, these odds makers are telling you, which is the better team. Uh, that's not, that's not what they're doing. That's not what, that's not their job, their job. Is to figure out a number for like the point spread of a game, or over/under win totals for the season, or over/under points uh, for a game that entices people to bet both sides of the issue equally, because you want to balance the books so the house wins. That's the idea. That's what these people are in the in the business of. It's making money, not predicting. You know who's going to be good this year because they don't really care. They want to balance the books so that you know, or whoever they're working for, if it's a casino or a corporation, gambling corporation or whatever, the books are balanced because in that case, the house always wins, and that's all they're doing. So um, you got to start looking at like looking at it like that instead of looking at these kinds of betting uh, places or services or, you know, odds makers as, as football experts, because they're really not. And they don't, they don't try to be, um, because their purpose, as I said, is, has nothing to do with being right about their prediction. It's being right in the middle where, when you look at that and you think, Oh, whoa, which way do I want to go on this?
1: They're pretty good at that, too, aren't they? Those handicappers out there in Vegas. They seem yep. to nail it yep. every single time.
0: Or they're very close. Very close. you know. Very close, yep.
1: Val McMorris from Tyler, Texas, asks, I read Patriots coach Bill Belichick has a losing record without Tom Brady starting at quarterback. What's Coach Mike Tomlin's record when Ben Roethlisberger didn't start at quarterback?
0: Okay. Um, Mike Tomlin was hired um, early 2007, so his first – uh, season as the Steelers head coach was the tw- 2007 season, and then his last season as the Steelers coach was last year, 2021. Okay, his record in games when Ben was not the Steelers starter was was 18-15-1, and, um, and a lot of that, uh, that put him over the 500 level in that particular category was the uh, 2019 season. Right. Because the Steelers finished 8-8 eight and eight that year, and Ben was the um, uh, starter for the first two games, both of which the Steelers lost. So without Ben in 2019, the Steelers were 8-6, and six, uh, which you know is, is a pretty decent number, considering <laughs> one of those guys was Duck Hodges. 18-15-1 um,
1: overall is a really decent number without your Hall of Fame. Yeah.
0: Um, so let me just throw this out there, too. There was one game where um, Landry Jones started. Ben came off the bench, and the Steelers won. So, you know, the, the the specific phrasing of the question was when Ben Roethlisberger didn't start. He didn't say didn't play. So that that's a victory. You know, that coming on in relief of Landry Jones and pulling on a win over the over the Browns. By the way, you know. Ben beat the Browns even when he had to, you know, come off the bench to do it. Um, but that's that's just one to consider. So if if you wanted to know what it's like when Ben didn't play, it would be 17-15-1, still over 500 though.
1: Which is just again, it's absurdly impressive how he's able coach Tomlin to adapt to losing a Hall of Fame quarterback like that and have a winning record with it. It's 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 amazing. Yeah. And that eight-and-eight eight season with Duck at the quarterback is the shining example of all of that. <laughs> Pat Flynn from Oakdale, Pennsylvania. How certain were the Steelers that they got a franchise quarterback when they selected Ben Roethlisberger in 2004?
0: Um, you know, that, that's a good question. I don't know uh, how to answer that because uh, I, I do know that they knew that they got uh, a talented guy. But, you know, we've seen a lot of examples – of talented, um, highly drafted quarterbacks not turn into franchise quarterbacks. So um, I'm sure that uh, it was fairly early in the process, certainly at training camp, because it was obvious to me. So they certainly had to know, Um, you know, Ben was showing a skill set that he it was obvious. It was obvious to me, you know, watching uh, the parts of, practice a training camp every day at the start of the afternoon practice where they would be in um, position groups and you'd see for example the quarterbacks all working together and a lot of times they were either doing the same thing all at the same time or doing the same thing one after the other and for you know as I said even for somebody like me with my untrained eye it was obvious I mean you'd see uh, Charlie Batch Tommy Maddox, Ben Roethlisberger, and Brian St. Pierre going over these drills. Now, uh, you know, it didn't really take. Uh, I didn't. I didn't need to be Bill Nunn to know which <laughs> of those four guys, you know, was the best because you got to see him do it one after the other, and so uh, it was obvious. Okay, so there was that point. Then, you know, when he had to come into play, um, it was thirteen and zero as a rig in, in the regular season. Okay, so there's that. Uh, But for me, when I knew that this guy was um, franchise quarterback, legitimate, and really potential Hall of Famer, was in the 2005 AFC Divisional round game against um, the Colts in Indianapolis. In my mind, Ben played better than Peyton Manning in that game, and then he got Nick Harper on the ground late in that game to save – what I believe was one of the franchise's great upset victories in the playoffs. So for me, as soon as um, uh, uh, Vanderjatt's uh, field goal went wide right, Ben Roethlisberger was, uh, for for me, uh, a a franchise quarterback, a future Hall of Famer. And as you have
1: said to me before, and I believe it was Ron Jaworski that you said it to at the moment in 2005, ain't no chance Peyton Manning makes that tackle that Ben made. (laughs) Nope. Not a single chance. (laughs) Nope. Jack Foster from Roundup Montana asks, I'm getting excited for the upcoming season. I love it when no one gives us a shot, and we are working quietly behind the scenes with some good additions during free agency. But I just read on Steelers.com that Miles Jack was not an unrestricted free agent, and that Jacksonville had released him.
0: Do you know why they may have? Was it injury or a cap issue for them? Um, Well, you know, Jacksonville is one of those teams, and We've talked about this before, where you know there's somewhat of a regular turnover in terms of coaches um, and maybe even front office people. I mean, I don't follow the Jaguars that closely, but I know that since Miles Jack was drafted, this would have been his third head coach, and he's only you know, was <laughs> see a four or five year guy? Yeah, so good. There's that. You know, when there's coaching changes. Sometimes that, that, what accompanies that are system changes, uh, and a guy that's a good system, uh, a good system fit for one guy is not for the next guy. Um, but let me, you know, here's here's some kind of idea of um, the Jaguars. You know, 2017, the Jaguars went to the AFC Championship game. That was the year they beat the Steelers in the playoffs at Heinz Field. Uh, they did that largely based because their quarterback was – Blaine Gabbard or Blake Bortles. I always got those guys confused. <laughs> it was Bortles, to yeah. To me, the same. Okay, thank you. Um, so th- they got there basically on the strength of their defense. Right. Okay, this 2017 is, what, three, four years ago. Um, now they only have, I think, the only guys left on that um, uh, defense, there's maybe one or two guys left. So they they unloaded that whole group even though that group was pretty good and pretty successful so there's that the turnover um there's the turnover of the coaches then there's also uh salary cap also is a factor um you know they saved 8.35 million on the cap by cutting miles jack um and so there's that and his cap number of 10.5 million in 2022 was set to be the third highest on the Jaguars roster this year at 13.15 million. Now the 10.5 was what he was set to earn. His cap number was 13.15. So that was third highest on the team, uh, behind a couple of guys who are still on the team. Uh, Cam Roberts, Cam Robinson and Shaquille Griffin. So, um, you know, there were a number of issues involved, uh, and as I've said, when coaches, when there's a lot of coaching changes, sometimes there are opportunities to get some good values as those coaches reshape their the roster, and I think the Steelers got one in Miles Jack.
1: Yeah, trying to peel back the curtain and analyze the Jacksonville Jaguars organization and all that they do in depth is kind of a lost cause to me. Uh, it feels like you're you're going to struggle trying to find answers more often than not there.
0: It's like trying to fill out an NCAA bracket. <laughs>
1: you know? Coming full you circle, know, I love it.
0: Yeah, you're <laughs> guessing.
1: A lot of guessing. Zach Aaron from New York, New York asks, why was Juju Smith-Schuster allowed to walk and sign elsewhere for nothing when we are in need of a young, solid wide receiver?
0: Okay, once again, I'm going to explain the concept of free agency and using Mike Tomlin's words, it's free for them and free for us. <laughs> Uh, There was nothing the Steelers could do to stop Juju Smith-Schuster from leaving. Uh, And I also believe, you know, that despite a lot of the social media um, camouflage or misdirection that he was putting out there, um, he was going to leave because I think he perceived there to be greener pastures out there in the uh, other NFL cities, uh, specifically for wide receivers. I don't know that I disagree with him or with that perception. So and you add it all up, and I didn't think Juju Smith-Schuster was coming back at any point, uh, despite what all the nice things he said about the Steelers and the city, all the nice things Kevin Colbert said about him in terms of uh, coming back early from the shoulder injury uh, to play in the playoffs. Um, You know, I think a lot of that was true. You know, maybe Juju did believe the things about the Steelers and – the city that he was posting. And I do believe that Kevin Colbert legitimately was uh, happy slash thankful, uh, had some degree of um, admiration for Smith Schuster coming back as he did as uh, for a player who was going into unrestricted free agency, risking maybe getting injured again. Um, But to me that, okay, all of that stuff was not as important as, you know, some of the other issues, the, the money that he would have been able to make um, on the free agent market, the opportunity to pick a spot largely where uh, he would be able to advance his career. And so, um, you know, hey, Juju did the thing that was best for him. Um, that was his right under the collective bargaining agreement. Um, and I don't think and I don't and I don't think Steelers fans should uh, begrudge him or think less of him because of the decision that he made.
1: It's interesting to me that Zach asked why the Steelers allowed him to walk and sign elsewhere for nothing. When to me, $10 million is a lot more than just nothing. I mean, if $10 million is nothing to you, I'm very envious of being in your shoes.
0: No, no. I think Zach meant no compensation. Uh, okay. I got you there. I get you. There. But just, just to say, but he's a free um, agent, like no. you said. Right. And, um, you know, that, 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 could have had some return in terms of compensatory picks, but the signing of Trubisky, I think, um, is going to, and all the other activity that the Steelers have had this free agency period, you know, the offensive lineman, James Daniels, Mason Cole, Levi Wallace, um, as I mentioned, Trubisky. uh, Miles Jack will not count in the compensatory draft pick formula because he was cut, but, you know, I don't think that uh, the Steelers are going to reap a lot in return Uh, for the free agents they lost this particular offseason in the compensatory pick formula.
1: Well, then I'm sorry for lashing out at you, Zach. That's my bad. I'll be better next time. (laughs) Last question today comes from Matthew Barish from Lake Havasu City in Arizona. I agree with you that the Steelers should not spend a number one pick on a quarterback in the upcoming draft unless they are confident he is a franchise quarterback. But I remember Bill Cowher wanted to pick an offensive lineman instead of Big Ben in 2004, and thankfully that did not happen. I have seen several reports that coach Mike Tomlin and the Steelers are doing their research on the quarterbacks in this draft class. Why are you so confident that they definitely will not take a quarterback at number 20 overall?
0: I'm not confident at all that the Steelers will not take a quarterback at number 20 overall. Um, but, uh, I'm also not confident, um, that they won't trade up in the first round. Um, to pick a quarterback, trade back in the first round, and still pick a quarterback. I'll uh, pick a quarterback in a second round or whatever. Um, this is this is my opinion on this. Um, I would not pick a quarterback in the first round, and the reason is, and I wouldn't really pick a quarterback at all. Uh, because I think you know that the the Steelers have other things that they. Uh, can use their draft capital on, um, areas where uh, the, the the roster needs reinforced, um, other areas where you need to start like defensive line, for example, where you need to start planning for the immediate future in that you need some help at the top of the depth chart because you know, Cam Hayward, while you know, to me, right now is on a track for the Hall of Fame. Um, he is in his thirties, right? You don't know what to it's going to be, or if he's going to be, or whatever. Alawala was injured early last year. He's also in his close to mid thirties. And so, you know, you can't, um, you can't count on these guys to play forever. And I don't think you can count on some of the younger guys who, while they showed some promise last year, I don't know that you can assume that these guys, louder milk, Wormley who is a valuable kind of piece of the puzzle that they're going to ascend to the level of Hayward, certainly not. And, um, you know, maybe not even to it or all the So you're, you need to start, you know, looking at these areas. All right. So that's where I would spend my draft capital if it was my decision, which it is not, let me just <laughs> remind uh, Matthew and everyone else listening to this that um, while I know uh, everyone in the Steelers organization reads asked and answered and listens to this podcast every week. Um, I do not have a specific authority on these decisions. Okay, so anyway. Okay, you sign Mitch Trubisky. All right, now Trubisky has some pedigree as a as a second overall pick in a draft, first round pick as a quarterback. You also have Mason Rudolph and Dwayne Haskins. So you have three guys who have starting NFL regular season starting experience. All th- you also have three guys who have regular season NFL starting experience and have won games as starters in the regular season at quarterback. Okay, you're only going to keep three. Okay, this isn't some – all right. So l- let me just lay out this scenario. Let's pretend that um, Trubisky wins the competition this summer he's the Steelers starter in 2022, all right? Yep. And then let's carry on the what if scenario to say that he finishes the season um completes seven, 67% of his passes, that's 2 out of 3. 24 touchdowns, 12 interceptions, his rating is 94.5. He averages almost 5 yards a rush and adds uh with and by rushing scrambling he gets 29 first downs, three more touchdowns with his feet. Okay. Mr. Trubisky actually did that. All of those were his numbers from 2018 when he had an 11 and 3 record as a starter for the Bears <laughs> and was voted to the Pro Bowl. Okay. So Trubisky does this in 2022. And you have picked a first, say you used a first round pick, and I'm just picking out a name here Malik Willis who everyone says needs a year um, as a backup to learn. Okay, so now you're in 2023. you got got your Pro Bowl quarterback. He's going into the last year of his contract, and you use a first-round pick on a guy who now, um, you know, his, he's ready. He's supposed to be own. ready, yeah. Right. So now what are you doing to quarterback? Now you got a problem where maybe the previous year, You didn't have any, and now this year you have two when you can only play one. So that's the situation to me where you wasted the 20th pick in the draft on a on a developmental quarterback uh, when you could have used it on defensive lineman or I don't know uh, cornerback or a safety.
1: Honestly, anywhere else, like really anywhere else other than quarterback would probably be better
0: (laughs) or tight end. Tight end They're or right. set at tight end. Yes, you're right at that. Too. And and you don't need any help at the top of your depth chart at running back. No, since you only play one of those at a time too. So um, that's why I would, you know, if that's why I would wait a year. You know, I don't see any of these quarterbacks in this class as anything more than the best in this class. You know, this is not a uh, 20, 2004 situation where you had Eli Manning, Philip Rivers, and Ben. You know, I don't think any of these guys, uh, Kenny Pickett, Malik Willis, uh, Sam Howell, Matt Corral, um, you know, I don't see any of these guys in the same uh, level as Eli and Ben right. and Rivers. So, you know, are you picking, really picking a, a franchise quarterback to be, or are you just picking the best quarterback in this particular class? Because, you know, you could make the case that, um, you know, Tim Couch was the best quarterback in his class <laughs> one time. You know, and I'm not you're making right. fun of the no, Browns right necessarily then. on purpose. But so uh, that's why, for me anyway, unless the Steelers are really convinced that the guy they're picking is going to be a, a franchise quarterback. And what I mean by a franchise quarterback isn't a guy who – you know, starts for a while in the league. I mean, he needs to not only be a starter for a while in the league, but he needs to be a winner in the league, a difference maker in the league. Um, And so unless they're confident, confident that they're getting a guy like this, I'd use the picks on something else.
1: I don't know labs. It's pretty well thought out analysis. Are you sure they don't tab you for any of this information? Whenever
0: (laughs) they're in the, whenever you're in the front office, I prefer prefer it this way because this way it's never my fault.
1: (laughs) It's a great shield to have in front of you. (laughs) Yes, it is. That'll do it for this edition of Asked and Answered. Get your questions into labs now. Hopefully you'll hear them on next week's edition. But for Bob Labriola, I am Tom Offerman, and we will talk to you guys next week.